comprise 29% of Canada's manufacturing workforce for the past 40 years. But representation is gradually increasing as key industry players lead the change on gender equity. In an effort to show the ongoing efforts to dismantle the barriers that prevent or even discourage women from entering the industry, the Women in Manufacturing podcast will feature conversations with industry trailblazers who will share their career advice and real life experiences, recommend actions companies can take to recruit women and advance them in their careers, and so much more. My name is Alana Ferry, and I am the host of the Women in Manufacturing podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Carla Chung, Technical Product Manager at Mettler Toledo Canada. Carla, it's a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you, Alana. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today, Carla. You know, I'm really curious about the work that you do at Mettler Toledo. Do you think you could maybe just kind of walk me through your day and what some of your tasks and responsibilities are? Um, absolutely. Uh, so I am the technical product manager for the process analytics division at Metlitz Toledo. Um, we actually have five very distinct uh, business units within the organization and process analytics is where my specialty is. Um, as the product manager, I'm, I'm responsible for quite a few things. Um, so uh, mainly I'm the first go-to contact for technical and application support with our product line. So uh, basically customers or our channel partners um, we'll call in or email um, to discuss different technical situations they're having or issues they're having, as well as applications that have come up where they're not sure what type of products um, would best make the measurements for our customers. Um, so I do help out a lot with that. Um, as a product manager, though, I'm also responsible for the complete product line to ensure that it is set up properly for uh, the Canadian market. So that means uh, certain things like approvals, so CSA electrical approvals, CRN approvals, um, everything that requires our products to be able to be sold into the marketplace in Canada. Um, and also I have to have a very good understanding of the process analytics market in Canada to see how to position our products. Um, in addition to that, I'm also responsible for training. Uh, so I do look after all of our uh, training modules for our customers, for our channel partners, and for our internal people. Um, and with that means a lot of customized training uh, because depending on who I'm working with, uh, their needs for education are going to be different. So, um, you know, it's a lot of just uh, needs assessment and then kind of putting together something that will best suit them um, so that they can become familiar with the product line. Um, as far as the products go, but also have a good understanding of the theory and the background um, behind the products that we do sell in the process analytics division. And it really seems like you really do take on a lot during uh, your your work day. Um, I'm just curious about what your favorite thing about working at Mettler Toledo is. Um, well, you know, Mettler Toledo, the position that I have right now is a very good compliment given my skill set. My background is um, as an industrial electrician. So I'm a licensed 442A electrician, um, but I did graduate as an instrumentation technician. So with that background and, and from working in heavy industry for about seven to eight years at a steel mill, um, that background really helps me with my position at Network Toledo. Um, I'm also a technological educator. So given that background and the experience that I have along with the education, um, it's a really, really good fit in my position with Network. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited every day because I'm always doing something different 
but I'm always pulling from my skill set, which is a really, really nice thing to have. It's a, it's a big advantage. Um, you know, a lot of people don't find that with their positions. They're, they're kind of, you know, lacking in certain areas. Um, but in addition to, you know, pulling from my experience, I'm also given the opportunity to continuously learn and grow every single day. Um, there's, there's no day that's the same as the last of this position. Um, there's always something new and challenging coming up or coming my way. Um, so I think that's probably what I enjoy the, the most is being able to utilize um, my experience um, as well as facing new challenges um, every single day. Um, when I started in this industry, I really had no idea what I was getting into, um, to be honest. So it was a little bit of a learning process. Um, I was very young when I started off in this industry, so, so it really was a, a learning process and uh, I learned a lot as I grew. Um, what really drew me to it was that it was just something different. I was interested in um, electrical systems. I had some experience out of high school working uh, for a small electrical company. I started learning about tools and machines. Um, and I found that I liked that and I've never been exposed to that before. So I found that, you know, I like that and I was good at it. Um, so when it came time for me to really decide what I want to do for a career path, I went into the electrical instrumentation program at Mohawk College. Um, my other option, I was actually going to go into some type of psychology or child and youth working program, which is completely different from what I do now. Um, in the end, though, both of those areas puts me directly in line with uh, basically helping people. Um, so, uh, you know, helping my customers, um, helping our end users, helping the, my colleagues. Um, it really is all about collaboration. So I think what really drew me to this field was just the ability to do something different. Um, the challenges are something that I've found I've learned to appreciate over time. Um, some days they're frustrating, of course. Um, you know, some days you just wish that everything would go smoothly and you wouldn't have an issue. Um, but at the end of the day, it's something that I've really grown to appreciate and enjoy about my position because through the challenges is really when I, uh, I learn and I grow. Um, yeah. So I do appreciate them when they come my way. Exactly. Because, you know, no one has learned from their successes. Everyone's learned from their hardships and the struggles. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I love that you... Well said. And I love that you brought that up. And something else that I also love that you brought up was this topic of collaboration and working with people. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, did you have any mentors that guided you as you started out in the industry and as you were building your career? Um, I did have some, I can't say I had any that um, really, really stand out because there are so many different touch points throughout my career. Um, one was my teacher in college, Kathy Usick. She was an electrical engineer, still is. Um, she, I just found her very remarkable. She was super intelligent, but really down to earth and funny. And, you know, I just really enjoyed learning from her. Um, so she was definitely, she definitely guided me as far as moving through um, the field of technology or more of a technical position or a technical world, but as well to land into the area of education as well. Um, I really admired her, um, just, just she was able to stand up in front of a group of kids, you know, mostly males, um, and just kind of dominate the classroom, but she did it in such a way that it was, she just made it fun, and really, 
you know, for a lot of people, technology and technical topics aren't necessarily fun. Um, but she had a way of making it enjoyable. So um, I really, I really look to her as a mentor as far as being a woman in the field of technology and also moving more towards education. Um, and then as an apprentice, I had, you know, some amazing journeymen that I worked with. Um, I had one, his name was Brian Johnson, who, you know, really pushed me to, to my limits as far as physical abilities go. And um, just my workmanship and my work ethic. He really kind of whipped me into shape at a time when I needed it. I was probably maybe 21 years old. So it's quite young. And, you know, uh, when you're that age, there's times you might uh, show up to work a little tired or had been up too late the night before. Um, you know, and he really just, he really helped me with my work ethic. You know, it was, um, he just taught me so many great things. You know, towards the end of it, I worked with him for a year and he said, I take, I take one of you over 10 other apprentices that I've worked with. And, you know, that always stuck with me. Um, and meant a lot because, um, you know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have turned out that way. Um, he really did teach me a lot. So I do appreciate that. It's, it's kind of, it shaped me into, it shaped my work ethic into what it is now. Mm-hmm. That's remarkable. And that's the kind of legacy that you hope as a mentor to have uh, that kind of mm-hmm. impact on people. And, you know, do you keep in touch with either of them? I don't know. Brian probably retired quite a long time ago. My goodness, this was back in 2005. So he was already close to retirement then. Um, so he's probably retired. And I'm hesitant to say what he's doing now because I, I would have no idea. Um, Kathy, I did lose touch with over time. Um, we did keep in touch uh, for a little while. Um, and I have lost touch with her since I don't believe she, she's not teaching at Mohawk anymore. And, uh, she lived quite far away so that the logistically it was difficult to stay in touch because we did try to meet up every once in a while, you know, as everyone gets older, you have kids, you know, things like that. So you get busy. Um, so unfortunately, no, I have lost touch, but, uh, that's not to say, you know, maybe a quick search through LinkedIn wouldn't put me back into touch. Absolutely. And, you know, their, their impact still is relevant to you, whether you have, you know, met up with them for coffee or not lately. So, you know, yeah. I think that that's really the, the main, the main takeaway from this. Yeah, and, absolutely. and, you know, Carly, you alluded to it a little bit, but I'm just hoping maybe you can elaborate a little bit more. What were some sure. of the greatest barriers for you as you started out in your career and what did you do to overcome them? Um, so some of the greatest barriers, um, I mean, it was challenging working. I worked in a steel mill. So working in heavy industry is always challenging, especially if you haven't been in that type of industry before. Just things like, you know, climbing really high up onto stovetops at the blast furnaces and realizing that, oh, you're scared of heights, but you know what? You have to get over that pretty quick. Um, little things like that. Some of those challenges you know, some of those barriers didn't come up until you're directly faced with them. So really it was no, there was no time to prepare mentally for something like that. Um, You know, just working around heavy machinery. um, There's a little bit of fear that's associated when you do work in environments like that. So it's it's quickly understanding the energies that are around you, um, having respect for them and making sure to isolate them, protecting yourself and keeping people around you safe. Um, was most important. So, um, so I would say definitely the challenge of working in an environment like that. Um, you also have environmental challenges too. So you could be working in minus 30 degree weather, plus 30 degree weather, um, trying to troubleshoot uh, different systems that you're working on or fix something or make something work. 
um, given those types of conditions, it can be very mentally challenging and also physically challenging too. Um, you know, there's there's times where um, when you're working in areas like that and you're working on a problem, um, you might be working eight hours straight without a break or very limited breaks um, and, you know, working in not ideal conditions. So it can be mentally and physically challenging as well. So um, I, I learned to be very resourceful and to be resilient, I think, um, just working in that type of environment. It was basically when you had to go, you went. Um, there's no question asked, so you, you had to just think quickly on your feet, you had to be able to troubleshoot quickly, and you just had to be very adaptive. Really. So it was learning how to be that way, that was probably what I found the most challenging um, when I first started out on this path. Mm-hmm. And what about with regards to being a woman working in a traditionally male-dominated field, did, and did you experience any challenges there? Um, there was always physical challenges, and I mean, I don't like to, to separate between men and women and, you know, who, who's, who has limitations based on what in that sense. Um, I'm 5'5", five, five, about 140 pounds, so I'm by no means like a small woman, but I do have physical limitations compared to 6'1", 250 pounds. <laughs> it's just going to happen, right? So, um, so there's definitely physical limitations. Um, when I first started out, I was very, very much so gung ho that I'm going to do this and I'm not going to ask for help. Um, I quickly realized how dumb that was <laughs> because everybody has physical challenges or limitations, uh, male or female. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's plenty of strong women out there who can, you know, um, definitely run circles around me as far as strength goes. Um, and there's plenty of men who couldn't do what I do as well. So it's it's not just that. So I had to really get that mentality out of my head um, and just accept that, you know, I'm, I'm working here. If I'm, I'm a female, there's mostly guys that I'm working with or the majority are men that I'm working with. But I can't let the limitations that I have as being a female compared to certain men that I was with, of course, um, be a limitation or be it a slight against my skill set or what I what I bring to the table as far as working with them. Um, so physically, there was a bit of a challenge. And, you know, there is a little bit of, um, you know, boys club kind of mentality when you go into an area where it is just all men working. Um, you know, there's kind of that whole locker room idea of, of guys working together. Um, I did my best just to approach it as, okay, I'm not one of the guys and I'm not going to try to be one of the guys. I'm just going to be me and you guys just be you and we just have to work together and let's look at it that way. And I found taking that approach really helped um, to kind of, you know, I can't say I always fit in 100%, um, but I think it helped kind of, um, you know, they got help the guys that I worked with feel a little bit more comfortable about working with me. Um, but yeah, there, there's a little bit of a challenge associated when you're the only female working with males. Uh, there's a little bit of trust that needs to be established. Um, you know, the bonding and rapport is certainly a little bit different. So. Yeah, absolutely. And even looking back at that time to where you are now, have you really seen any change in the industry over the course of your career and especially in regards to women who are working in the industry? I think now um, there's a lot more women working in the industry and I see this just from when I go out on sites and I go to different industries um, for whatever reason for my job right now. I see a lot more females um, 
around. Um, that's not to say, I, like, and I'm not sure if they're involved specifically in trades like I was, or perhaps they're more involved in engineering. But I am noticing that there's a lot more females, um, you know, out on the plant floor, um, which is nice to see. So I think there is a shift. And I think the shift comes from, you know, technology has changed so much that, you know, um, way back when it was more about brute strength to make things work, where now it's more about understanding computers and electronic instrumentation systems to make things work. I mean, there's still the physical component to any type of machinery, but. Um, I think that shift has really um, opened the door up a little bit for more females to get involved in it. And I think the focus on STEM has really helped as well. Um, I think there could be more of a focus, though, at the high school level. Um, and I say that as a technological educator um, with the OCT. Um, there really isn't a large focus on um, technology, first of all, for students. I mean, kids in Ontario are only required to take one technical or technology program and uh, usually they take it in grade nine. So there really isn't much of a demand for kids to, you know, students to really pursue this type of area. And there really isn't a push for female students um, to kind of look into uh, maybe non-traditional roles or, or positions. So I think that focus is starting to change a little bit. It could certainly be a lot better, but I think with that in the last 20 or 30 years, um, has definitely helped to introduce more women into this type of industry. That was so wonderfully said, Carla. Thank you. And, you know, what advice would you give for women in the industry who are looking to advance to leadership positions or more senior roles in their career? I would say just keep learning. Um, I don't think that ever hurts. Just keep learning as much as you possibly can. Um, I, I would say to advance anywhere, you need to make yourself an asset. So uh, by understanding more, by learning, um, by networking, by collaborating, um, I think that's how you, you definitely advance. Um, you really need to show people what you can do to be able to attain those levels of leadership or those positions that you're looking for. Um, it's not just given to, so, to the meek and mild to, you know, kind of sit back and, and, and just go about their day nine to five and, and don't do much beyond that or are just happy to do the same thing day in and day out. You really need to, um, you know, get used to being uncomfortable in a sense or get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Put yourself into positions where that, you know, uh, cause you to learn and grow um, so that you can further and you can advance yourself in your career. Absolutely. People don't grow within their comfort zones. They grow when they get, get out of that box and they explore things exactly. that they're maybe not sure of. Exactly. I know. And it sucks, like, but it's so true because <laughs> it'd be so great if we could all just be comfortable in our, our little bubbles every day, day in and day out, but that's not where growth happens. You're absolutely right. Carla, is there anything you want to add about working at Mettler Toledo or in the industry that you haven't already covered or I haven't asked yet? Um, I think that, you know, I, I really do wish I, I really do wish that there was a little bit more focus on um, this type of industry and, and this type of career path um, for adolescents, um, and particularly for adolescent females. I think it's a non-traditional area that a lot of girls, a lot of females would really excel in if they knew about it a bit sooner. Um, I stumbled into it on my own. And I stumbled into it at 19 years old. I'm in my 40s now. So um, had I not taken the steps or the chances that I did by going into the programs, 
um, I would have never ended up here. And I'm very thankful and very appreciative of my position and um, where I've ended up in my life and in my career. Um, I really wish there was a little bit more focus um, at a younger age um, for females to be able to explore these types of areas, just for the very sake of understanding what's out there and what's available to them. Um, and I shouldn't just leave it at just females too, males as well. Um, not every student when they come out of high school is ready for university or should be going to university. Um, not everyone is meant to go down that path. Um, there's a fantastic, fantastic opportunity in the area of skilled trades and technology. Um, it, it's such a big, wide open field. There's so much that can be done. I just, I really do wish we focus more on that um, at a very young, at a, a younger level so that we could really give students more of an opportunity to grow, um, you know, and gravitate towards what they, their interest is. Some people are very hands-on and you know, and uh, sitting behind a desk all day really isn't for them, and that's not what they want to do, and nor should it be. Um, you know, so I really do wish that we could do something to um, kind of change that. Um, you know, and I realize that takes a lot of funding, and it takes different programs and volunteer work. Um, I used to do a lot of initiatives with skilled trades events for uh, women, um, and I was happy to do them. A lot of them lost funding over time, so that's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, if anything, I think it's an amazing, amazing industry to be in. There's so much potential and so many opportunities. And um, I would say anyone who's even a little bit interested in technology or trade should really just, you know, explore it as much as they can. Um, there's lots of resources out there and to, to really look into it and consider something, you know, different, even if it is non-traditional or even if it's something that, you know, you're not sure if, um, you'd be good at. I'd say try it out, you know, see it out to the end and see where it takes you. Um, so, yeah, I really do hope we see that change in the future. And I think we are going to be seeing that change th thanks to role models like you who are, oh, speak you. Speaking, who are <laughs> speaking up and sharing their stories and inspiring the next wave of, of uh, industry professionals. And, you know, I think you're just so inspiring and it was really oh, a pleasure talking with you today, Carla. I learned a lot from you and I really hope to keep in touch with you in the future. Absolutely, Elena. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to have talked to you today. Thank you so much for joining me today, Carla. Thank you for tuning in to the Women in Manufacturing podcast. For more episodes, please visit womenincanadianmanufacturing.com. Thank you.